0: up y'all and welcome back to found bites a game review series my name is brian and i'll be your host if you don't know about us we're all about testing out and finding small high quality video games this is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources if you're interested in reaching out or helping out Feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. Also, don't be afraid to leave some comments. If you're a developer who would like to participate in our Spotlight interview series of special episodes, please reach out through any of our channels. We would love to hear from you. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Katana Zero is the game for this week's episode. Katana Zero is a neo-noir 2D action platformer. Some comparable games, so I'm not going to say that this is a clone, but this is pretty well modeled after uh, Hotline Miami. So if you've played Hotline Miami or Hotline Miami 2, uh, you're going to know what you're in for. So it's a little bit of Hotline Miami meets almost like a John Wick Uh, Not too literally, but there are a lot of similarities. The game was initially released in April of 2019 on PC, Mac, and Switch. In October of 2020, it came out on Xbox One. And in December of 2021, it came out on the Amazon Luna. It has not been announced for PlayStation yet. However, there was an ESRB rating for this game on PlayStation. It seems to be fairly eminent. The game was developed by Soft, which is a small developer. It's just one guy. His name is Justin Stander. Before this, he made a couple small freeware games, but nothing, I think, released of this uh, sort of stature or size. The game was published by Devolver Digital, and they have published many indie titles that you would recognize, including, you guessed it, Hotline Miami. The game was announced by Limited Run as having a physical release, and this was announced in November of 2020, but since then there's been no update, and I was reading a lot on Reddit and whatnot, and it seems like they're waiting for the DLC to come to kind of package that together in a physical copy. I also feel like they're waiting for the DLC to launch sort of like the definitive PlayStation port. I'm supposing a little bit, but it seems like, again, given that it's already been rated by the ESRB on PlayStation, it seems like this game is going to come out on PlayStation, and I think it would make sense to wait for the DLC for both the limited run and for the PlayStation release, so stay tuned for that. The game also had a vinyl OST release from Fangamer in 2020, and I actually just bought one of these, so they're still selling them. The game was originally released with an MSRP of $14.99. And the game was on Xbox Game Pass, but it left a short while ago, so it is available for purchase, once again, on Xbox. And the vinyl release was released at a price of $39.99, and again, I still think that is available on Fan Gamer's website, so check that out. Runtime of the game somewhere between four and five hours, if you're running straight through. If you're trying to do everything in the game or... I think there's actually multiple endings if you're going the long route and trying to take your time and just sort of do everything. Uh, it could be anywhere between 6 and 10 hours. Me, I bought this game on Switch for $8.99, and I recently beat it, and I think I put in a little over 4, 4.5 hours. In terms of recommendations, no one recommended this game to me. I just saw it on sale. I loved the art style for it. And just watching the gameplay reminded me a lot of Hotline Miami, which are some dope games. So I dove right in. talk gameplay for katana zero so this game is a 2d action platformer so some pretty basic movement you're going to be moving side to side you're going to be jumping and there's going to be a lot of melee attack in terms of the format of the game you're going to hear a lot of comparisons but this is very similar to hotline miami the only difference is that the view is different so in hotline miami it's a top-down view here you're looking from the side like a cross-section, so it looks kind of like a 2D Metroidvania-type thing. And so the way that you progress through this game is you're going to have these sort of short combat levels that you have to go through. Sometimes it'll be one and then something else. Sometimes it'll be like three in a row. But each time you finish a level, you move on to like another screen, and then that'll be like your starting point. And in between things like that, you'll have sometimes these story-based walking levels. And it's the same visual format, but except... You're not like running and doing combat, you're just walking slowly side to side and maybe you're interacting with things. and then sometimes you'll have cutscenes or flashbacks, but overall, this is pretty linear um, and the game can end early. I think that at one point there there's like a split path. I took the longer path, so I'm not too sure how early it can end for the combat levels, essentially what you're going to see are two d room and floor layouts and again, this is kind of like a cross section. It's very similar to an old game like Sim Tower, if you've ever played that, like you've got the different rooms stacked on top of each other or next to each other, which are basically just rectangles. And so each combat level is going to be, you know, anywhere between 5 and 10 rooms on the screen. And you will be, you know, side-scrolling. It's not like whatever fits on a screen. But when you are when you reach the edge and it stops moving, then that'll be like when you go on to the next thing. So there will be anywhere between 5 and 10 rooms. And in between the rooms... There might be doors that you have to hit open. There could be stair ramps where they go up or go down. Um, there's going to be some break floors, and you may be breaking floors to go down. You may be breaking them to go up, and then sometimes you might have balconies. So there's not that great of an array, but you know a wide variety of different things. You're not just walking side to side in in rooms, and it's always the same thing. So there will be some kind of environmental. Differences. And the way you progress through these combat levels is essentially you have to kill all the enemies in that mini area. So, any enemies that you see, you have to kill them all, and then you'll be able to progress onto the next screen. And so, if you go somewhere and it looks like this is where you'll progress, and there's no arrow or there's no way for you to go, that means there's probably still an enemy left somewhere. In terms of enemies, what you will see, a lot of them are going to be melee enemies. Uh, You will get shooters who shoot, like, single bullets at you. Some will shoot, like, shotguns, um, so it'll be a widespread. You'll see, like, these SWAT guys with shields. Most of these enemies are going to be one-hit kills, um, but you will have instances where, like, if you and the enemy do a melee hit at the same time, it'll stagger them and they'll sit there. After the first time you see a stagger and then they get up and hit you, um, you'll notice it from then on, so it's not something that you can't see easily. And what's interesting about the progression here through these combat levels, again, just like Hotline Miami, there are multiple ways to go. So, like, you may have to get through one room, and then it kind of splits off into, like, a roundabout or something like that, where it's like, oh, I've been trying it this way. Let me start uh, by killing this guy and see if I can go about it this way. So, in a way, it's kind of a puzzle with the combat. Sometimes you'll run into these mini-bosses. There's only, like, a couple in the game. And so, basically, it's just like, instead of them being one-hit kills, they're multi-hit. Much like a Zelda boss would be like, oh, just hit them three times, deal with their shtick, and then hit them again, and then hit them again. And I do like these. I, I like the variety. I like the challenge here. Sometimes you'll have these rush battles where it's like two enemies will appear, and you have to kill them, and then two more, and then they'll like switch up the types of enemies. And this happens a couple times. In terms of your moveset, so your character, just one guy... And he has a katana, as you may have guessed. And so, most of what you're going to be doing is melee combat. And so, whatever direction that you're pointing the joystick in and hitting swipe, that's where you'll swipe. And you can even do this up or down. You know, in lieu of a jump, you can do these in midair. If you hit an enemy, What's gonna happen is it'll like slow down for a second as like a slow kill, and you can do two in a row. Even if you don't hit it twice, you can actually I think even hold it twice. And if there's two enemies like right in front of you, um, it'll do them both quickly. Vague similarity to like something like Celeste, uh, because if you do it in midair, I don't know if it automatically lets you do it again or if you happen to hit an enemy. Uh, You'll be rewarded to be able to do it again. I don't really think there's any limitations on this. You can just kind of go crazy if you want to hit, you know, three guys in a row or something like that. It'll do that. But I think there is a little bit of a delay between them because I've had situations where like there's two guys standing right next to each other and they're both like looking at me and I go to hit swipe and I kill the first guy. But then before I kill the second guy, he kills me. So I think that there's, For the most part, if they don't see you, it'll happen very quickly, and you can kill multiple guys at the same time. But there might be some openings there, so just be aware of that. And the other major thing you can do with the katana is reflect bullets. This is very cool. It takes a little trial and error to get the timing. Uh, The closer the enemy is to you with the gun, the harder it is. But I found that if they're far away and they shoot from a really far away, it's pretty easy to just reflect it. And it'll go right back to them or another enemy. This is, I don't even think possible if there's like a shotgun spread. Because I don't think you can hit all the bullets. So definitely this is more effective if you have guys that are just shooting a single bullet at a time. And another part of the mechanic with the katana is that you can open doors with the katana. And if there's a guy like right behind the door. I'm not sure if your sword kills him or the door kills him or something like that. Um, But the doors can hit enemies as well. And I think if you're walking along and there's a closed door, if you just keep walking through it, eventually he'll open it. Again, very similar to Hotline Miami. You can um, sort of stagger enemies with doors in that game. Pretty much here, every time I did it, uh, it killed them immediately. Another mechanic is you can roll through things. So there's a dodge roll. You can roll through enemies. Uh, This is very important for the enemies that are the SWAT guys with the shields. Because if the shield is facing you and you try to hit them, it'll actually push you back. And then the guy will just like whip out a gun and shoot you and kill you. So you can roll through them and then quickly just kill them from the other side. Uh, You can roll through bullets as well. You can also roll through hazards. And we'll talk about some of the hazards. And the other mechanic is that you can slow time. And this is basically like bullet time. And so you can slow time. There's like a meter at the top that'll gradually recharge and so the longer you hold it, the more it takes off, and then if it's done, uh, you won't be able to do it till it recharges for a little bit. Uh, But you can slow time and also roll through at the same time, and you can kind of use all of this. You can use none of this. You can just try to use the katana. Um, However you want to get through the level, it's really up to you. You'll also find items in the game that essentially you just pick up and throw, and I think you don't even need to hit pick up. You can actually just... For some of them, if you walk across them, you'll pick them up. But these are good because it's essentially just, you know, a long-range option to kill an enemy. And it just goes when you throw it. Like, you can hit a guy who's even off your screen. And there's a good variety here. Most of them are just blunt objects or knives. Some of them will be, like, Molotov cocktails. And you'll see in the background that, like, there might be a lot of gas barrels hanging around and even, like, through a door, Like, there'll be some before-door and some after-door, and if you throw the the cocktail, it'll blow up, like, all of those things at the same time and any enemy who's around there. Another thing is also a gas grenade, which is interesting because it actually decreases visibility, uh, and you can kind of hide in plain sight and people won't see you. You'll also see Hazards. Uh, you'll see lasers that you basically have to dodge through. Sometimes they're stoic. Sometimes they're actually moving, which is interesting. There's also like these slam traps like um, from like Super Mario. These things that just like pound on the floor. And any of these hazards, for the most part, the levels will have a switch somewhere where you can actually switch them off and then switch them back on if there's an enemy there. Because these things will kill enemies too, which is nice. So you can use that to your advantage. And you'll also see these stealth sections sometimes that you're going to be in in levels Um, you can crouch and there'll be like spotlights and you can actually hide in plain sight and these are pretty intuitive when you go through them it's kind of breaking that two dimension because you're actually like walking right through guys or at least it looks like it and there'll be like areas where you can crouch and it'll show there'll be a signal for your visibility there's like an eye and if you're not visible it'll have like an x through it And then your walking levels. So all of that is essentially your combat levels. The stealth sections are kind of more like your walking levels, though. So the rest of the walking levels, these are essentially when you're getting exposition about the story. They're paced in between the combat levels. Again, it's not like every other, which is fine because you really want to be doing more combat than anything. But what's a little annoying about it is, like I said, you're walking slowly And it's a very slow pace. You're like, oh, come on, just get to the other side of the room. It's not that far. Like you're not walking like city blocks or anything like that. But in a moment, it can be a little tedious. And for this, primarily, you're going to be interacting with people. Uh, You might be interacting with objects. And again, you're going to get exposition through your interactions and through dialogue. Now, the dialogue is interesting because as you're listening to somebody talk, you're going to see dialogue options pop up kind of like a multiple choice for how to respond. And there's a meter that runs above your options. And if you let the meter just keep running, it'll select whatever option your cursor is on. But what's interesting is sometimes before you even read what the person is saying, there'll be an option in red, like just one option and the meters running to like a first point and it's going to quickly get there. But if you select this, you can actually interrupt the dialogue and it'll have consequences for your interaction with that person. But it's really interesting because it can convey like how you're feeling. If you're really pissed off, if like you want your character to be angry or not listen or whatever. I think this is a cool mechanic. It kind of has a downfall in that you're missing a lot of the exposition. If you just kind of cut through the dialogue. But if you're playing this game and you don't really care about the story, it's certainly a way to get through faster. But it does have like I said, consequences and I do think it's interesting to try it at least a couple times just to get a sense of what it does to the story because uh, I think it is an interesting thing. In terms of accessibility, uh, your saving is going to be autosave. Pretty basic. There are chapters in the game. It doesn't really define it as you're playing it, but Certainly not like Hotline Miami does. Like you see like a title screen in between chapters. But whenever you load up the game, it'll have like the different episodes or or whatever. And like you're picking whichever one to go into. So if you're not at the end of an episode, uh, the game is always going to autosave. So like if you're in a a combat level, if you're at that level, like it's going to load you into that level every time if you come back. But if you start a game and you're in the middle of a combat level and you're save, it'll put a warning up and say, like, are, do you want to start from this exact spot? If you don't, it'll reset you to the beginning of that episode. So just, like, you can pick episodes, like, you can replay episodes, but if you go back to one that you're on uh, and you're, like, halfway through it, um, if you're playing another one, I think it'll reset you so you won't be able to go back to the same spot. So just be aware of that. It's, it's a pretty self-explanatory mechanic. I, I don't think it's really a big deal. And the other thing is the dying and the reset mechanic. Again, this is right out of Hotline Miami, and it does the same thing that makes Hotline Miami so great, which is that you're going to die so quickly, even comically quickly. But what makes it so good is how quickly it resets you back. Like, you're missing nothing. And so if you tried something the wrong way, you'll know immediately. You might even you know, run into an enemy because you're like, I did this level the wrong way. I want to redo it. And so you're going to just be banging back and forth, like, and you're going to die a lot in this game. This game is tough, just like Hot Mi- Hotline Miami. But if you're somebody that likes that sort of challenge there, you'll be right at home with this, I feel. About the vibe of this game, so let's start with the audio. This audio is kick-ass, and there are two artists, uh, Ludowick and Bill Kylie. The general feel, again, similarities to Hotline Miami. It has an '80s feel, but it's also a twist with like a futuristic dystopia, like a cyberpunk dystopia. There are some songs here that really have some longing in them. I feel, and we're playing songs through here. I think these are some of the best songs in the game. Really dig the soundtrack. Like I said. There was a vinyl release. I did grab that, $39.99, and I still think that's available on Fangamer. So definitely check that out. What's also interesting in this game, and a little bit of, you know, kind of breaking the fourth wall, which we will talk about in a little bit, is when you start like a new chapter and you get to the first combat level, your character will stop and like put headphones on, and then it'll show the song title and the artist, and it's the song that you're listening to. So I really dig that. It's a nice touch there. Uh, But speaking of sort of thematic touches, uh, the game is trope heavy and not from a fan service point of view. I don't think it really points it out. It's just taking a lot of things that you would expect to see, especially in something like John Wick uh, or something like that. Like there are themes like your character has memory loss. You know, the character is a special and there's like the secret project thing that's going on. Um, And he is like this lone man who's taking down like a whole thing, a whole ring or whatever. And there are multiple times where you're like, well, who's really behind it? Who's really running the show? Who's the real puppet master? But not like in your face, like annoying about it and even not like joking about it. I think the game is just like, this is what it is. Like you can take it seriously if you want. And there is some breaking the fourth wall. Again, not from a fan service standpoint. It's not like tongue in cheek or anything like that, there is explanation for the gameplay. And I always like when this is incorporated into a game. I think it's really cool. Um, it just makes things make sense. Obviously, you know you're playing a game, and like you know you're going to die, or you know like you're just killing people or whatever. Um, but I like when it ties it into a game. I, I really dig that. And there's even some technical things uh, that are kind of breaking the fourth wall, but really in entwined in the, in the story here. So I dig that. Again, I don't want to give away too much. In terms of dialogue exposition, there is a fair amount of this. Again, with that interrupt mechanic, you can miss some of this, and I don't know how important it is to hear everything, because in all honesty, by the end of this game, I didn't completely know everything that was going on, which I'm okay with. But just in general, be aware of that, because if you're somebody who, like, is really looking for a deep story and, like, loose connections. You like to tie them up. There's going to be some things here that aren't quite explained or connected. Could mean that it's open to a sequel. I certainly think it is. But there might even be some, like, deus ex machina type uh, situations where you're like, hmm, maybe. But in general, it's a fun ride. In terms of visuals, the colors are a bit drab in terms of the levels and stuff like that. It is very gray. It is depicting kind of slums some of the time. And, again, that cyberpunk feel Uh, It is rainy constantly, and it almost gives like a Sin City vibe, like, you know, not like darkness in terms of brightness versus darkness, but just like colors that, you know, generally don't have a lot of uh, color tones in them. But in terms of the character models, these are pretty cool. Your character model is very like 2.5D. I get vibes of like some of the later Mega Man X games and how like the character is not quite 3D, but like... He's almost like a little holographic or like kind of bulging out uh, with the colors. Uh, Most of the enemies are very simple, but they're very beat-em-up, like if you're in a brawler. really dig the visuals. Uh, I think it really captures um, sort of the feel of the game. ¶¶ wrap up the conversation about katana zero all you hotline miami lovers you're gonna love this game it's exactly what you want in terms of gameplay similarly satisfying uh that reset cycle like quickly resetting uh the challenge of some levels like you might bang your head on some levels for a little bit but if you beat hotline miami one or two or both uh, you'll get through this game In terms of like the story, I feel like it's more overt in this game. Like you are this main character, things are happening to you. And while Hotline Miami did have tons of story, I felt like it was easier to detach myself from that. Here, it's just like front and center, but I'm not saying that it's uh, less confusing. I could certainly tell like something was going on in Hotline Miami. um, And if I really wanted to sink my teeth into it, I could have made a lot of connections Uh, I just kind of didn't. Here, I feel like there are some connections and some not, but it's very easy to detach the gameplay from the story. But I don't think it's as easy to detach the gameplay from the story. I feel like it's just at the forefront. I really enjoyed the combat. I like the bullet deflection. I I feel like that's a really good mechanic there. It's very satisfying. Um, I also like some of these mini bosses and like those rush bosses. I'm glad the linearity of the story didn't linger too much. Like This is a short game. I maybe wanted some answers in terms of the story, which is fine. I don't mind a game doing that, but I didn't always know what exactly the question I was even asking. In terms of music, love it. Great. Engaging. I feel overall this game is a tight, manageable, and entertaining experience. Again, if you love Hotline Miami, you're definitely going to love this. But even if you don't, I feel like there's something to get here. In terms of value, I think this is a solid $10 and undervalue even at the msrp for 15 i feel like this is a good value and again hotline miami john wick if you're fans of this stuff uh you're definitely going to rejoice i played the game on switch i think it's great on switch and if you're a playstation fan i can tell you that it's probably coming so definitely stay tuned for that all right that's going to do it for this episode stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you